Have you ever found yourself feeling out of control and overwhelmed with all the chaos in the world? As mothers, we're dealing with some pretty heavy stuff. Joyfully Prepared guides and reassures mothers that they can create a home of love, unity, and laughter, as well as produce an atmosphere of resourcefulness and resilience. I know a lot about a few things and a little about a lot of things. I'm your host, Wendy Bergen, and this is the Joyfully Prepared Podcast. Welcome to Joyfully Prepared Podcast. Thanks for um, joining us today. We're excited to introduce you to Cami Lehman. Again, she's our guest. She was actually on our launch day for our um, mini episodes. She was episode number seven. So I highly recommend you going back and listening to her episode where she talks about having secret lunches with her children, because that was such a fun little tip that she gave us. So Anyway, I wanted to introduce you to her. Cami Lehman has been a coach, top leader, visionary, strategist, and trainer in direct sales for over 28 years. Cami left her job in corporate America more than 20 years ago. This is where her entrepreneurship journey began. On March 2nd, 2020, Cami launched a top-rated podcast on iTunes called She's Invincible, which ranked at an all-time high of 42 in business entrepreneurship category. She has since helped many others launch their own top podcast. Cami is the owner of Cami Lehman Coaching and Consulting and the Be Invincible Podcast School. At Be Invincible, Cami teaches entrepreneurs how to launch their own top podcast and use them to grow their business. Cami, thank you so much for being here. I love you. I loved you on episode seven, and I'm so excited that you're here to share more wisdom with us. Oh my gosh, Wendy, so much fun. I just love, this is this is the thing I love to do is talk about these fun things that bring us joy. So yes. what an honor to be on the Joyfully Prepared podcast two times to talk about things that bring me joy. Thank Wonderful. you. Wonderful, thank you so much. So we we talked about, and the first episode, the first time we got together, our ep- first episode, episode seven, uh, um, about your children and how you connected with your children during their teenage years. And I wanted just to follow up with um, a question that's been on my mind. How did you, well, how did you, how do, let me go back. Um, first of all, I'd like to talk to you just kind of about how, what your journey as a mother has been. And um, I'd just like you to talk about that a little, because we all have different mother stories. You know what I mean? Everybody has their own mother story. (laughs) Um, Uh, We have birth stories and we have mother stories. So I would love to hear kind of your mother story. Okay. So, uh, yeah. So, I, you know, my parents, I'll start back there because, you know, I didn't really have like that normal story, um, I, whatever that is. Right? I, we, I think we all think people have it and they don't. Right. Uh, so, yeah. So growing up was kind of strange for me. My parents uh, separated when I was five. So okay. that's like my first real memory of like, you know, being in the hallway, peering into the bedroom, seeing a suitcase on the end of the bed mm. and not even remembering the details, but just remembering that my mom told me that my, my dad was going to be leaving. 
Uh, and it kind of left that mark on me. And things were really crazy after that. You know, sure. here she was with three kids. He was gone. She was working a bunch of jobs. Uh, it was just insane. So we were all, all myself and siblings were, we grew up pretty independent. You know, mm. there wasn't really a parent there doing much um, day to day. Yeah. Uh, so there was that. So, you know, I was myself just kind of going my own way, right? right. I mm -hmm. had my friends, we were hanging out, we were doing, you know, whatever we did. Right. Uh, yeah. So just a very independent, very young independent. So um, I met my boyfriend in high school. I mm -hmm. was a freshman and he was a senior and it was the very end of the year, the school mm -hmm. year was in June. And it was just like less than weeks before like that was the end of the year and he was gone so if I hadn't met him then I would have never met him wow anyway uh so we started dating and um of course I had a lot of alone time and was very independent and right. we got caught doing things that teenagers shouldn't do right. and uh that's what happened so it resulted in a pregnancy I was actually 15 when okay. I found out I was pregnant um okay. and turned uh 16 it's right before deal my daughter was born. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But I was a very independent mm -hmm. 15 year old, if you could imagine. And so, um, and, but, but I always had this desire to have a lot of children. Oh. I always, I just had this love for children, for mm -hmm. babies. I knew when I was young, like I want to have a bunch of babies. I used to say I wanted to be a nurse and I wanted to work in the nursery and I wanted to take care of the babies. Oh. Like I just had this desire. Oh. Um, and, and in my early years, like 13 and 14, I was a mother's helper for oh. a very well-known cardiologist. Oh. Um, and yeah. And so I was there and I helped and take care of their daughter. And in fact, they moved to Florida and they, they flew me to Florida to stay with them oh. when they had their second child. And so I flew to Florida. I stayed with them. I took care of their child. I mean, and this was all before 15, right? Yeah. Like this is all happening. And, and prior to that, I was a mother's helper for a woman down the street who had two young boys and she was very ill. She okay. had diabetes and she was very frail and she could not take care of them. So I was there like doing things, helping with the kids. I would go on their vacations with them and wow. oversee the kids. So I, I just was always involved in that. Mm -hmm. um, no, I didn't think I was going to have a child at 16, but right. I knew I wanted to have a lot of kids and just mm -hmm. that was my passion. Yeah. So, so I found out I was having a baby and that was really, um, at first it was scary, like shame, right? Like yeah. I got caught doing something I sh should not have been doing. Uh, and now I have to tell everyone, it's not like you can hide it. Right. right. It wasn't like you did a bad thing and you're like, well, nobody's ever going to know. <sighs> like, it's yeah. it's, you can't hide this one. Right. right. Which is right. our, our nature. Uh, and so that was kind of frightening. Cause I was like, uh, it was the first time in my life. Like I actually did something that I had to own mm. before I was an adult. Right. Yeah. Like as kids, they, they brush things off, but right. I was like, no, I have to own this like a grown up. Uh, and so that was scary. Um, my mom, I remember my mom was away in Paris oh. and I, and I, I was waiting. It was like, well, it was like the last supper. You know, I was waiting oh. for her to come back because I knew I had to tell her. Um, and I was already like three months pregnant at the time. But oh. I was like this teeny tiny. I think I weighed like 89 pounds. You, oh, you my goodness. I finally looked pregnant like three weeks before I had the baby. But um, 
I looked a little chubby, I think. <laughs> so, so not everyone had to know. But right. anyway, so that was really difficult. Okay, so mm-hmm. I was 15. My boyfriend was 18. And mm-hmm. he was not in a position to be a parent. So, you know, so then there was that conflict of like, what do, what do we do, right? This is right. what's happening. What do we do? And I was like, I was not wavering on anything. I was like, there's one option. Like, there's going to be a baby. Right. And, but that's not what he wanted to do. Mm. And so I was like, listen, like, this is what I'm doing. And if I have to make a choice between you and this baby, then Hasta la vista, baby. You know, so like I ended that that relationship. Okay. Uh, and and it was easy because uh I think he was relieved. <laughs> I think he was like, you know, I get get to get off the hook here. Right. Um, and so that was it. But I was like, I'm not choosing what you're choosing. So I'm yeah. just gonna go over here and do my thing and I won't bother with you. Right. So that's really what happened, and, and that was the the start of it. So I had to tell my mom that was really hard. And you know, going the pregnancy itself was not difficult, but the things that were difficult, um, we moved. My mom, I lived with my mom, of course, I was 15. And Mm -hmm. she sold the house that we lived in and we moved to another town, which meant I needed to go to a new school. So now I was the pregnant girl (gasps) at a new school. I was the new girl at the new school who was pregnant. Like nobody wants their kid to hang around that. No, because you're such a bad person. Right. Right. (laughs) So I'm a bad influence. right? Right. Like, you know. Uh, that was, that was hard because I I couldn't make friends because nobody could be my friend. Right. Um, and I I wasn't old enough to drive, so I couldn't even go back to like see my other friends and they weren't old enough to drive. So they couldn't come see me. That was really, really difficult. Oh my gosh. It it was, it was an alone time, but I think it was okay. Like, uh, and then I met this kid at the diner and I ended up going to a prom pregnant. (laughs) Yes, I was the only pregnant girl at prom. Yeah. Yeah, I met this kid. He was a busboy at the diner that my mom and I used to go to all the time. Uh And like, he was like trying to give me his phone number and stuff and like trying to make friends with me. And I'm thinking if this kid only knew that I was like pregnant, like, but I told, I ended up telling him and he was like, I don't even care. Like, let's hang out. And so, but his mom had a problem with it. Sure. You know, of course. So would I, so would you, Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, but these are some of the things that that create the difficulty. So growing a baby is really easy. Right. Uh, having a baby and diapering a baby and feeding a baby is really easy. Mm-hmm. Uh, what wasn't easy was trying to finish high school, mm-hmm. um, take care of a baby, take college courses and work a part time job. I did mm. all of that yeah. at 16, <sighs> 16 years old. That's what I did. But, you know, the good news is I got my diploma before my the, the other students in my class. Okay. I got private tutoring. So I was able to, you know, once I got far enough along in the pregnancy, they sent a private tutor oh, and I was nice. able to have tutoring. She came after the pregnancy. So it, when the baby was born, born, she would come and nice. we finished up all my studies. And then I took some college courses. So I was able to advance yeah. quickly yeah. in that. So, Yeah. So that was the easy part. You know, all mm-hmm. of that was simple for the most part. Right. Um, and so I raised her uh, by myself for the first about four and a half years. So okay. I lived with my mom. Um, then I ended up getting into another relationship. I moved out of my mom's, but I, I raised her, She, you know, without her dad. And then it was about when she was four and a half that he and I connected and he finally got to meet her. 
So that was, that was pretty interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. 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 And he was more grown up for the most part, not all the way, but somewhat enough, enough to meet her. And, um, and so that was, that was really cool. So that's kind of the backstory. Right. Um, about that. Uh, and there's so many things we can talk about. So I want to, I'll stop there and then you can, you can lead me through what else you want to hear. And I'm happy to share anything. So uh, I heard, what I heard you say is that you're, um, you stayed with your mom after the baby was born for what, four or four and a half years. And then you got into another relationship. Is that what you said? Um, No, I stayed with her for about a year and then I got into a relationship and I um, moved out and and moved in with my boy, this boyfriend, this boyfriend. Boyfriend. Yeah. Okay. But yep. then mm-hmm. at four and a half, the daughter, your daughter met her father. Is her that dad. what you said? Yes. Okay. Yep. Okay. Which good. was interesting too. Yeah. yeah, I bet. Okay. So you're, you're still a teenager when all that is happening, right? Absolutely. Um, and so teenage years, they're messy. They're messy for the teenager. They're messy for the mama, right? How did you, you became a mom as a teenager. So how do you feel like, how were you able to navigate all that? Cause it's messy. Yeah. Yeah. So you grow up really quick. You don't, you know, just to give honor to that, you don't mm-hmm. get to actually evolve mm. uh, properly in those teenage years when yeah. you have a baby in the middle. Right. So, so then everything is more accelerated, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, there's no transition or evolving, you know, that you're in a delivery room and they drop this baby on your <laughs> belly and yeah. three days later they send you home with oh. her. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. The, you know, everyone thinks they need to be ready. You don't need to be ready for anything. You will step <laughs> up when you're presented with the opportunity. I love uh, that. Yeah. It's the truth, Wendy. Mm -hmm. It's the truth. You know, you, it's an overnight thing. You go to bed pregnant, you wake up the next day, there's this baby, Baby. it's yours and you're responsible for it. Right. Uh, So, so there isn't like a natural progression, Um, but my mom was helpful, but you know, I had so much experience with all of the things that I had done prior to that. Mm -hmm. I feel like I already knew how you know how to do Mm -hmm. it. And, you know, they don't need like emotional support at that time. So that I kind of, I would say evolved into, you know, it's interesting things like my daughter, you know, is in school and we go to back to school night and all the the parents of the kids, they we're teenagers, you know, and, and they're like old people and we're sitting there like slumped in our chair. Like this is weird, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And it was weird because we were just so young and they looked at us like maybe we were her big brother and big sister. Sister, Yeah. Like, yeah. Not like her parents. We, it wow. was, it was, you know, it was that kind of stuff. That's yeah, interesting. That we, yeah, yeah. I like what you, I like what you're saying about like when a, a situation, sometimes it just happens to us, right? Sometimes we can prepare for something. I mean, you prepared as a, a mother when you're pregnant, you knew it was going to happen, but then boom, it happens. And sometimes we have those experiences where like overnight a thing happens. You're like, like the COVID, like overnight we're locked down. Right. That's right. You know, and, and we, and I think we did our best, all of us. I think we all yeah. did our best was we were not prepared for anything like that. So stepping into that, not having that teenage messy opportunity that most teenagers can af- afforded, they, they are given, um, 
you have a different perspective. So then as your, your child now is coming up through the teenage years, I guess really before that, what skills did you have? Like, I know your mother's helper, so you're very comfortable with babying. What skills and children, what skills did you need to learn? What skills, um, there's, there's such an evolution for the mother. So tell, tell me how that, as you trans, as you went through that, what skills did you need to learn that you had to focus on? Yeah, I, I'm not so sure it was a lot of skills, like, cause you know, babe, you, you, when you have a baby, you just change your diaper right. and you feed them and, you know, and you put them to bed, right. Mm-hmm. They give them a bath. You do those things. Right. Uh, they don't really require a lot in the beginning. Um, and even, you know, as they get to one years old and they're walking right. and you're, you know, and the doctor tells you, feed them this, feed them that, start them here, start them there. So right. like you're learning those like survival right. skills. How yeah. to keep, that was the goal. How do I keep, keep this kid alive? Right? right. Yeah. Yeah. Like that was every day's mission was yeah. I'm going to keep you alive today, girl. I think and, every mother please that. <laughs> and I did. Yeah. I want to say that the things that were hard for me were mm-hmm. that all of my friends were out mm-hmm. doing what the regular teenagers were doing and I wasn't I was taking college courses when they were roller skating I was you know they were having sleepovers right and I was getting up for 3 a.m feedings Mm. like it was that kind of thing that was different that was you know and I wouldn't say it was good or bad like I never I don't resent it I never did um I had a few solid friends in my life. A lot of them were male friends mm-hmm. and they would come visit me they would, as soon as they were able to drive. Aww. They would come to my house and visit me. They would take me out. You know, yeah. my one friend took me to the shoe store to get my daughter her first Aww. shoes, you know, like, yeah, like I was surrounded. And that I think is the key to everything in life. You know, not just parenting is just being surrounded by, you know, good people, no matter <laughs> what gender that really right. care about you. Yeah. And, um, so I had that kind of thing, you know, and then my friends were out dating and they, you know, they were doing the first of everything. And I had already done that. Right. So it was, it was those things that I think were, they were having like, you know, then all of a sudden they're going to get married and start a family. And I've already got a six year old. Right. right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like it, those were the kind of things that were, I would say were different than yeah. what I, you know, could have been doing. Right. Right. Um, And I would tell you today, the truth is that I never, ever resented a day of that. But the one thing I see today where I am today is Mm -hmm. as I look back. Okay. And this is the words of wisdom is that um, just know that you're if if you were a teenage mom, that when you get to this part of life, you Mm -hmm. know, empty nester, that when you look back, I this is what I find myself saying. I I have been responsible for a person. Mm -hmm every day of my life since mm-hmm. I was 16 years old. Right. And now I need a break. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like every day of my life yeah. since 16. And now I need a break. Now I want to do what all those people that I grew up with uh, did. I want to travel. Yeah. I want a vacation. I want to see the world. I want to have experiences. Yeah. I want to. Yeah. Like it's the things they did when they were 20 that I didn't that I want to do now yeah. in my fifties. So funny. it's, 
it's not regretting or resenting, no. but it's like, now I feel like now I have this time yeah. and now I want, I want to catch up. I want to, I want to have, and I think they're going to be even sweeter because I ha- I'm smarter. <laughs> I, you know, I'm yeah. wiser, yeah. <laughs> I, right? I have a lot more wisdom. I have more money, money. right? Exactly. Right. <laughs> yes. Yes. And I have the time freedom, right? right. I'm an entrepreneur. I can right. make my own schedule. So I would say it wasn't so much skills as it was now just looking back and saying, mm-hmm. now I want to do all those okay. things. I, yeah, I don't want to end my, have my life end and have not done them. Right. Uh, it's just that now I'm going to do them on this side. Right. That's, that's very true and very wise. And I'm thinking about your um, business, Be Invincible. How did you know that you were invincible? How did that, because that had to be a transition or a, an awakening of some sort, because, I mean, you said you were fiercely uh, independent as a young child. Obviously, that carried into your motherhood. And then you went into corporate America. Where, where did these seeds of invincibleness, I don't think that's a word, but anyway, yeah, no, it's in, <laughs> invincibility, I don't know what it is. It doesn't matter, but you are. How did you foster that? And did you have you fostered that in your children? Yeah. So I, I think the answer to the last question is yes, I yeah. have fostered that into my Wonderful. children. Yes. Um, and I think, yeah, they're invincibilisms, right? Like, I think that it started, you know, yeah. being, fif- being 15 and having to face the world with right. the, you know, what I did, I got caught doing something I shouldn't have done. So there was that, like being able to overcome that shame and, and stand up and say, yeah. you know what? Um, so what? You make mistakes too. You just didn't get caught, right? Yeah. You know, I wasn't the only thing, only person doing that. I'm That's just the right. only one that got caught. Right. Okay. Right. So like, what is the truth? You know, and I'm, I'm very uh, authentic in that way. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. you know, cast the first stone, right? That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so I'd say that was the first thing that made me invincible. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, the fact that I was finishing school, getting a diploma, mm-hmm. taking college courses, raising a child. I was under 20. I still wasn't old enough to drink. Like, think about that. I always like would measure in, yeah. in age of what I was doing. Like, I still wasn't old enough to drink, but I was doing this and this and this and this. Right. right? And, um, and so like, it just kind of puts you back to the reality of how old you really were. Yeah. Uh, you know, you're not old enough to drink, but you can have a baby. Like, right. What? Yeah. So I think it was those things. And then, yeah. and then it was, it got, you know, it gets harder as they get older Yeah. because yeah, they, they have questions, right? You want to teach them the right way. So now you have to tell them that what you did was wrong, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Because you don't want them to do what you did. Right. So, so, you know, so you, now there's more shame. Like now you have mm. to say to them, like, uh, what I did wasn't right. And it's not what you should do. So right. do what I say and not what I do, <laughs> which, which I mean, I mastered that because she didn't do what I, what I did. Uh, yeah. and, and so we would, we would hold our breath, like, honestly, as oh, we sure. went through the years. Um, and so, so those were like the harder parts was that, that those kinds of things. And then, then the normal things that parents in their thirties deal mm-hmm. with, mm-hmm. with like teachers and school and homework and those things, decisions, right. Yeah. Making decisions. decisions. Um, yeah. Like I say, I, you know, I went through the, so much of, of those kinds of things. So those were like, that. it started to get difficult when you had to like step up and perform yeah. as a parent when yeah. you you know, you weren't really, didn't have that background. You didn't grow into that Mm -hmm. and you didn't 
you didn't morph into that naturally. And now, and now you have to help someone else do that. Right. Those were the difficult times. And I, you know, I think that the funniest thing, I mean, I can share this with you, but one time when my daughter was like in her early Uh twenties, she said to me one day, did you and dad know what you were doing or did you just wing it and it worked out okay? Like, so, and I felt like I took that as an honor. Yeah, right. I, thought, I looked at her like, you're saying it was okay? <laughs> but she asked me that question yeah. and I was like, um, the answer is yes. <laughs> like, like it was sort of a little bit of both, right? Like, right. you know, we knew we, and then there were, we didn't do, we weren't perfect. We made mistakes, right? right. Uh, there were times we could have done better or made better decisions, but we, yeah, but, but we did okay. And she turned out beautiful Aww. and, and she is such a great, um, wife and mother to her yeah. own three children today. And, um, so, so we did okay. Right. Yeah. And she told us that by asking that question. So I, I love, uh, we, That's we always, some, a lot of times we'll, we'll bring that question back to her and say, Oh, remember that time you asked that question and yeah. we laugh about it. So I think that's wonderful that your daughter is, well, you're very close, I believe, right? You yeah, and your children yeah. are very close. How yes. do you feel like you have taught her how to honor her motherhood? I think she just watched what I did mm-hmm. and she didn't, she didn't, uh, I, I tried to think how old she was when she had her first one. I think she was like 27, maybe mm-hmm. or around 27. Mm-hmm. So she, you know, she was, she had already, she lived that life. She enjoyed that time. She mm-hmm. had those experiences. She did all the things. And then she had that natural progression. So when mm-hmm. she did, she still, you know, was really nervous. She was really nervous sure. about having a baby. Like, sure. what am I going to do? I don't know what to do. She didn't cook. She, you know, mm. uh, she naturally just rolled into that and has Aww. done such a great job. She really has. That's wonderful. Yeah. I'm and happy. she comes from someone who told me she was never going to have kids. Oh, she, really? she used to say, yeah, she used to point to her brother and say, you have a better chance of him making you a grandmom <laughs> than me. And then she, she had them first and she had three. Aww. So yeah, but so many family jokes, you know, like we were yeah. always open about it. Like you, you don't want to have kids. Okay. But, but I told my kids, I wanted 10 grandchildren. So, <laughs> so yeah, You're yeah so I, gave, there, right? I gave them a goal. <laughs> well, actually I have a stepson, so we have nine oh. grandchildren oh. total and uh, yeah, so we only need one more and we made go. it. Yay. Yeah. 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 That's one more. great. Well, yeah. I, I think what I love too, uh, hearing your story and, um, is that it sounds to me that you didn't keep secrets, that you were honest, uh, you made mistakes, but you owned up to your mistake. And I'm not talking about the, the being a teenage mom part. I'm talking about the motherhood part, the raising of the kids that you yeah. owned up to what, like, cause I make mistakes all the time. I just screw up all the time, but I, I tried to go to my kid and say, this is what happened. I didn't mean it. You, you know, but that there's honesty, there's authenticity, sincerity, there's a, a, a warmth and a love. And it sounds to me that in your way, your family culture and your motherhood, you use all of your gifts and skills and your invincibility to create this lovely family and obviously grandchildren. I think it's wonderful. Oh, I listen, it is the most joyful part of my life. I, this is, I highly recommend being a grandmom. 
I was a young grandma, you know, so yeah. because I started so young, which, which has been a beautiful thing too. Right. I get to see so much more, you know, I'll get such more life out of, yeah. you know, what getting to see them grow. Um, and you said something and I was going to talk to you about that. Oh, about, we were talking about being invincible. Yeah. So, you know, so I, I, so we have this, this one girl here that I'm raising. Right. And, um, and then my, uh, this boyfriend, baby daddy, we'll call yeah, him just yeah. for, for lack of other words, we ended up getting together and we got married. Oh. So when, when my daughter was nine, I actually married her dad. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, yes. So, uh, and she was in school and she told her teacher, my mom and dad are getting married. And your, <laughs> her teacher said, you mean your stepdad? And she was like, no, my dad. And she's like, yeah, 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 your stepdad. And she's like, no, no, no my dad. <laughs> so she comes home one day and she's like stomping. She's now she's nine. And she yeah. says, you need to call my teacher and tell her to stop calling my dad, my stepdad. Oh, because, and here's what society tells us, right? right? Mm-hmm. So her, so her teacher's thinking, well, you're already nine. So it must be your stepdad if right. your mom's getting married. Right. Um, and I want to just tell the world, yeah. <laughs> stop, stop. Right. She, she knew what she was saying. Don't question my kid. Right. <laughs> so I actually did have to call the school and tell yeah. them. And then I wrote a letter uh, and said, this, this is do you, like, do you need like DNA records or something? Oh. Like, uh, <laughs> Do you want a blood test? <laughs> like, what do we need to do to get this to stop now? Right, but it right. was so fun because she was in the wedding. So our Aww. wedding was, she was the flower girl Aww. and she was in the wedding and she got to experience all of that. That's lovely. And, you know, like you said, like we've been really honest with our kids. You have to be right. Yes. When, when your kid, when you're celebrating your 10th anniversary, right. And your kid is 19, <laughs> then everybody else is saying, Oh, wait a minute. Right. And that actually happened with my grandson, oh. my daughter's son, her uh -huh. oldest. Uh, one day we're all in the family room chatting about stuff. Just we, we always get together. And that is one of the answers to keeping them close. Right. Um, but we, we, uh, we were having a conversation and, um, I think he asked us how long have we been married or maybe it was like around our anniversary. And we said like, mm -hmm. we're having this anniversary yeah. and he goes, wait, what? How's that possible? <laughs> Mommy, how old are you? <laughs> and, and he was like, how's that possible? And we were like, go talk to your mom. <laughs> he's so doing the math. <laughs> he's doing the math. Yeah. And he, we stopped him in his tracks. He's really good at math. And he wants to know, wait, what is up with this? Why, right. How can this be that you've, you're celebrating your, you know, whatever, yeah, yeah. this anniversary. And my mom is this old, which right. was, you know, nine years older than right. the anniversary. I mean, the funniest things ever, you know, yeah. uh, Wendy, but you know, we had to tell the truth because the truth told itself, right? right? I mean, I'm an honest person, so I would have told the truth anyway, but just in, in speaking, you know, the truth told itself, you can't hide that. And, and if you do, then what are you saying? Like, right. you can't be ashamed. Then right. you're saying you're ashamed of your child. Like, how does that right. work? No, that but you work. know, going back to invincible, um, mm -hmm. after we got married, mm -hmm. um, I would, I became pregnant again and, um, we lost that baby. Mm. So I at 20 weeks, I was 20 weeks pregnant oh. and yeah. And we lost that baby. And so that was really hard. Yeah. Um, and then about a year later I got pregnant again and had my son. Okay. So, and he was healthy and, um, I wanted 10 kids. Like I just, right. 10 is my number, right? Right. I wanted 10. I just wanted a bunch of kids. I love kids from when I was a kid. 
Right. Uh, and, and it might've been just from growing up the way I did, you know, cause yeah. I did grow up alone and then I was alone during that pregnancy. Mm-hmm. And then, mm-hmm. you know, and I just wanted more kids, People. but I remember being a kid like right. real in kindergarten, telling my teacher that I actually lied. I made up a story and told my teacher, my mom was having a baby. I wanted kids around me so much so that I created this story that my mom was pregnant. My Aww. mom went in for a conference and the teacher like <gasps> touches her shoulder. and was like, so, so how are you feeling dear? And my mom's looking at her like, what are you talking about? And she's like, are you feeling okay? How's the pregnancy going? And my mom was like, what? <laughs> yes. And, and she said, yeah, I heard, you know, Cammy told us you're having a baby. And she's like, I am not having a baby. She was getting a divorce. Uh, and so yeah. So that was that. So, but then after my son, yeah. um, I, I ended up pregnant again and oh. lost that baby at oh. 20 weeks. Oh. Yes. And I, at that, that point I was high risk cause I had already lost a baby and yeah. we had, I had all the testing done and everything and everything was normal. Everything was perfect. Every, you know, and th- we yeah. waited to tell people until we knew, cause you know, we were holding our breath. Uh, cause we saw before what could happen. Right. And, just the heart, the baby's heart just stopped beating. There was just oh. no heartbeat one day. They're, they did a, a, an autopsy. They couldn't yeah. find anything wrong. It's just, just that baby just was stop. not supposed to come into this world. Oh my goodness. And so, you know, but I mean, that makes heaven sweeter, right? Because it I does. know when I get there, there's two there waiting That's for me right. uh, that I cannot wait to be reunited with. But, um, but those are some of the things that make me invincible. They, yeah. you know, making mistakes, owning yeah. mistakes, mm-hmm. being authentic, telling the truth, you know, navigating the storms, overcoming the obstacles, fighting through, creating the best life you can Mm -hmm. for yourself and for your family in spite of, I could have, you know, a lot of teenage moms end up on drugs, in the projects, you know, uneducated, unemployed, on welfare, you know, they're they're the bigger percentage of them uh, end up that way, not to any fault of their own. It's the way the system works. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when, when you don't have that support around you, that encourages you to thrive and and to still be the best in spite of the -hmm. circumstances, it is really easy to fall into that victim mentality of that, you know, it's okay because this is my story. You know, we have to remember that every day we have a blank piece of paper and a pen Mm -hmm. filled with ink and we can rewrite any story that we want. Yeah. Yeah, And I, so I, what I hear, what I'm hearing and I love uh, and thoughts are just coming really, um, one of the things you, you talked about the shame. Um, and I, I just want to say, shame doesn't belong anywhere in our lives because that's, that's not, that's not how God feels about us. We, we are loved and cherished and that has nothing to do with us. And we have, I'm going to just preach and say, we have to get rid of that. <laughs> yes. go into preacher mode. I'm with you. That's preach not, it, Wendy. <laughs> the shame has, no, shame holds us back. Shame is scarcity. Shame is, um, you know, it whole, it, it just keeps us in a dark corner and it's that's black. not, and yeah. And that's not where mothers belong. Mothers like you have been such a good example. You're not perfect, but you've been a good example. You stepped into your motherhood. You stepped into your invincibility and have grown it. You weren't, you were a little baby invincible back then (laughs) and you've grown it. And now you coach women and mothers how to be invincible. 
So shame has got to go. Um, the honesty has to be there with ourselves, with our families, with our children. Own it. Own whatever you do. If you yelled at them, you can go apologize um, and have respect for your child that way, I think is very important. Children need to feel respected by their parents because then they can go out into the world and and receive that same respect, demand it or however you want to. I probably a hundred percent. I agree. And you know, when I talk about shame, I talk about that 15 year old, mm -hmm. like yeah. I have no shame, you know, right. but, but I talk about, you know, being 15 and yeah. feeling that as a 15 year old, the shame of like, Oh shoot, look what I did. Yeah. And yeah. But you know, and I want to say something to parents, cause I just really took in what you said. Mm -hmm. And, um, and what I want to say to parents is this, if your child comes home and your child has, has done what I did. Right. Yeah. And, and ends up pregnant. Oh my gosh. You know, walk them through the journey. That's right. Love them through the journey. The, mm -hmm. the worst thing you can do is kick them out or disown right. them. Right. They need you. You're the only one that has the intelligence yeah. in, the, in the conversation right. to, to guide them and direct them in the right place. But the one thing that I really want to stress is don't put your fears mm. and scarcity on them right. on what their next step should be. Right. Because I, I work today with women who have had abortions, women who have given up their kids for adoption. Mm. And I have to tell you that every one of them is traumatized. Aww. Now I'm not here to debate what the right no, thing is to do. No. I'm here to talk about the results in the decisions that are made. And mm -hmm. so the last thing you want to do as a parent is direct your child to do something like that because when they get older and they're traumatized, traumatized by that decision, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. they're going to point the finger back at you. Mm. you. They need to make their own decisions, no matter what they right. decide. I am not here to judge. Uh, they need to make their own decisions, but when they're older mm. and they look back, then they can only look back at the decision that they made. Right. So as a parent, if you can love them, if you can guide them, if you can give them the information that they need right. and give them the resources and educate them, that yeah. is where it stops. And then let give them the freedom to make their own decision and love them through it. Because I meet these women every day yeah. that this is affecting their future. It affects sure. everything. Yeah. It affects their parenting. It affects their business. It affects mm -hmm. their, their um, ability to create wealth and abundance in mm -hmm. their life yeah. and in their finances. These are their haunting skeletons. Uh, the what ifs, the what ifs, the what ifs. Yeah. And this is why, I, let me tell you, this is why we have these DNA and geniality and all this, these testing now right. is that all these people that adopted their kids and all these kids that were adopted are trying to find their family. Mm -hmm. And I personally know so many people yeah. that have found their family because of it, but, and they're happy, but they're, they're all scarred and traumatized. Yeah. So, so like as a parent that I think the only right thing to do is really guide them and love them through it and yeah. let them make their own decisions. I like, I like what you say about guiding them, loving. Sometimes you don't like that child at all, but mm -mm. It, it, it be grateful for them. That's what I've learned. You, it, well, regardless it, of what they're doing, be grateful that they're part of your life. Well, and even this whole loving thing, like not liking them, we mm -hmm. have to always remember that they are not a bad person. They right. made a bad choice, right. right? Making a bad choice, making a mistake. That's right. 
right? That doesn't make you bad. That's right. It makes the choice bad. It makes you in a bad situation. Right. But but just because you made a bad decision doesn't mean you're a bad person. And I think right. too many times we yeah. own that. And that's not for us to I own. agree with you. I, yeah. I have of the, I'm personally of the belief that there's nothing that's bad. Look at your life. Look at this beautiful child that came into your life. <laughs> did you make a bad decision? I don't think you did because look well, you were blessed. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm not saying it was yeah. easy. Yeah. I mean, and, you, and looking back, you probably now you you've guided your child not to make that decision. I but have. I mean, and I wouldn't do anything different. No. I mean, looking back, like knowing that anything that I would have done different would have changed what is here today. Right. I, I listen, I'm playing Yahtzee with my grandkids. Exactly. Right. I like, oh my gosh. I, and I look at them with this all and wonder, you know, like yeah. I helped make you yes. right. Like, yes. so what, so, you know, but, but, you know, it's still at 15, you, you made a mistake. <laughs> Yeah, but, but listen, maybe it was I wouldn't a mistake, change a thing. But again, I I'm just of the, but nothing bad happened. No, no. that's my point. And you know what else is really funny that and and it just puts it in perspective is when I talk to people from other countries, they're like, "Are you kidding? My parents were, you know, they were married at 13, right? And, and right in other countries. Mm-hmm. But it's 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 what our society right. tells us. It's right. what we grew up. It's what we they put their beliefs on us. Right. But if I went to another country, I could have had a baby at 11, and that would have been normal. <laughs> I mean, crazy as it is, it is crazy. I don't know. But yeah, but I, you know, here in America, that's just not the way, but yeah. Well, and, so and you good. would agree, kind of wrapping it up, you would agree that it is safer, better, for lack of a better word, uh, for a child to be born to a, a parents where they can be loved and secure, safe and nurtured. That's the better way, but, and that's okay. But this is what, yeah, this is what you got to do, which is wonderful. <laughs> Yeah, that's it. I got that, got on that journey and it's been just amazing. Yeah. It's wonderful. Well, I, I so appreciate you coming on the podcast for a second time to talk more and give us wisdom as a mother and as a business owner. And, um, I, I want you to talk just a little bit about your, your new venture as the, the podcast school. I'd love to hear more about that. Oh, yes. So fun. So fun. So, you know, we know I launched that podcast two years ago. It's been so, so much fun. And so um, I launched the Be Invincible podcast school in March. And uh, I had done beta programs and I had already taken 15 people through a program and they had all launched in the top. Mm -hmm. So I started my own and I'm so excited to be working with entrepreneurs Mm -hmm. to help them launch top podcasts of their own and teach them how to monetize their business through their podcast. So that's what I'm doing. It is a 30 day program. Uh, We are right, right now finishing up the first uh, season one. So good. Oh, so anybody listening, if you, even if you haven't thought about having a podcast, I'd love to have a conversation with you if you're an entrepreneur and you would like to hear about how you can monetize your business through podcasting. So definitely reach out to me, but that's what we're doing. And it is so much fun. Talk about joy. I can't say I was prepared for parenthood. Uh, so the good <laughs> news is even though this is the joyfully prepared um, podcast, uh, know that if you're not prepared, it still could turn out <laughs> joyful, uh, but it might be more joyful if you were prepared. Right, and, right. Um, and with the podcast school, oh my gosh, 
gosh, talk about joy. Uh, it is such a joy to watch these entrepreneurs step into this new area of entrepreneurship, watch them grow into their own best version of themselves. And next step will be to watch their businesses thrive because mm -hmm. of it. So that that's what I'm so passionate about right now. Well, I have to say you're a wonderful coach. You are, um, you're friendly. You are adamant about six, the, your students being successful and you will do whatever it takes to make sure that they are successful. And, and it's so wonderful to have you in my corner and to know that you are in other people's corner as well. So I really appreciate it. So tell quite right quick where people can find you too. Yes, but first I'm high-fiving you, oh, Wendy. We're high-fiving each other right now. People can't see me high-fiving <laughs> you, but oh my gosh, I am 100% committed. I tell these people, with the, no one's getting left behind. Right. No one's dying on this mountain. If I have to pick you up and throw you over my shoulders <laughs> like a sack of potatoes, we are running to the finish line. That's right. Yes, yes. And uh, you can find me at my website, which is camilehman.com. Just Wonderful. like my name. Perfect. And if for, for um, those of you listening, just um, open up the show notes. You'll find all the links to Cami and to me. And we're so glad that you um, came, Cami. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Oh, it's been so fun. Just one last question, a little hot seat question. In all of your uh, social media um, picture graphics, you have pink boxing gloves. And I'm interested in knowing why. Yes. Oh my gosh. Well, the pink boxing gloves are my brand and mm -hmm. they represent invincible because I look at life as being like rounds of boxing. So mm -hmm. have you ever, well, I don't like to watch boxing, but <laughs> having some guys around, sometimes they just you force have me. To, right. But yeah. So, but we all know I grew up in the era of Muhammad Ali. Actually, yep. he lived in the next town over from me. Oh wow! Um, and so that was a big thing in my era. And so we know that uh, when when you see these guys in the ring, right, they're beating each other up and and then then, you know, the bell rings and they mm -hmm. go back to their corner. Mm -hmm. Right. That's how life is. You go into that round and it's either good or it's bad or it's ugly or it's, you know, or you, yeah, it's, it's messy. Right. It's messy and it's yep. bloody and it's it can be devastating and you're going to get knocked out sometimes. Right. But when that bell rings, you get back up. And mm. that is what makes you invincible. Mm. So the gloves actually represent the, the different rounds of life and how mm. the, the, the roller coaster of life and how when you hear the bell ring, you get back up, right. you, you regroup and you go back in for that next fight. But being invincible is never giving up. Right. When that bell rings, you get back up and you go back in and you never give up. Ever, Wonderful. ever, ever. Love that. Thank you. You just wrapped the whole podcast episode up perfectly with your boxing gloves. I love it. Thank you so much. It's been such a joy to have you on this um, podcast. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Wendy, so much for having me. It's an honor and congratulations to you on your brand new Joyfully Prepared podcast. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to Joyfully Prepared. I'm grateful for you and appreciate you inviting me into your life. Please subscribe and tell all your friends about this delightful podcast. Leaving a joyful review would earn you all sorts of karma points too. 
I invite you to join my free Facebook group at www.joyfulprepgroup.com and join with other like-minded mothers.